Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to the Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. So raise your hand for me if you're trying to raise a conscious, kick-ass human being. Yeah? Everyone? Did everyone raise their hand? Good. Because today we are learning some amazing tools from positive discipline and mindfulness educator and the author of the upcoming children's book series, Superhero Wolf, and the parenting book, Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life, Laura Lynn Knight. Laura was able to share with me so many amazing tools that are just so simple to implement into your everyday life. And actually, after our conversation, I went upstairs and I listed them all off to my husband. I said, we have to write this down because I am doing every single one of these as soon as Luna is old enough. So I think her approach to mindful parenting is just so relatable. And I think we can all learn a lot from how she's implemented it into her family and how we can raise these kick-ass human beings we're going to save the world while saving our sanity and inner peace at the same time. So here's Laura. So great to have you here and yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Dive into all things mindfulness. I've had such an amazing time just listening to other women talk about their stories and their specialties and how they got to where they are. And it's really, I think that's one of the biggest reasons I created this platform was almost just an accountability partner. In terms mm-hmm. of these women are doing it, they're showing up, and I can do it too. And I'm learning from them. And it's just been such a wonderful experience. Absolutely. Yeah. There is such a gift of us just uniting and being really honest Mm -hmm. with each other of like this is these are the struggles that we go through as parents and this is the hardship that we face and this these are the tools that help us you know literally one day at a time little by little yeah and it's yeah it seems very overwhelming at first as you say oh committing to mindfulness it just sounds like this whole big uprooting of your life but really it's just like you said little by little moment by moment and then eventually (laughs) things start to get a little more smooth yeah it's been a really slow process for me that's for sure you know I uh just to tell you a little bit about myself and what brought me to mindfulness, I was, um, when I was in high school, I started having really bad health problems Mm -hmm. and the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And I kind of underwent like every test possible and was misdiagnosed with a disease that I didn't have. You know, the doctor sat me down and said, we're 99.9% sure you're going to, you have this disease and you're really young to have it and you'll most likely die from it. And so I was, yeah, it was really, you know, a a really horrible and scary time. And I was severely underweight by that point. And my hair was starting to fall out. And I was just having this horrible stomach pain. And um, I was prescribed medication for that. And so, you know, that was kind of all they could do at that point. But years later, when I found out that that diagnosis actually wasn't true. And I knew, okay, this isn't a long-term solution taking this medication. I need to have a, you know, a a more healthy approach. Um, And so I got off of that and I started to figure out different foods and nutrition that would support me. And, but I had a ton of fear and anxiety. I mean, it was horrible. Like I, 
I was very surprised to find I was 24 years old and just in a ton of fear. And so that was my first introduction to mindfulness as a tool for dealing with anxiety. And it was such a slow start in the beginning. You know, it's like, I didn't know anything about observing my thoughts and observing my feelings. And I didn't, um, have any sort of meditation practice. And so it started just by me saying like, okay, today I'm going to try and sit for three minutes just with my thoughts and my feelings and just observe them. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, it's been this slow process where I've continued to incorporate more tools. So that was what drew me to mindfulness. You know, it really took mm-hmm. kind of this health crisis and having a lot of fear for me to turn to it, you know, Mm -hmm. I just wasn't naturally inclined to say like, Oh, I'll just become mindful. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I'm so grateful. I can look back and say, wow, I'm so grateful for that experience because you know, it, it put me on this path and then I became a teacher Mm -hmm. and I met my now husband and we had two beautiful children. And I really thought because I was mindful and I had this amazing teaching background and I understood child development that I was going to have an easier time as a parent. Mm -hmm. And, um, that wasn't necessarily the case. (laughs) I, um, remember when my son turned three, he started trying to hit me and I, I just thought like that would never happen. You know, I knew developmentally that was appropriate, but I thought like me with all my knowledge and insight, like that Mm -hmm. somehow that wouldn't happen for me and my kids. And, and that wasn't true. And again, it was this amazing opportunity because what happened for me was I started to learn positive discipline skills. Mm -hmm. I kind of got to this place where he would try and hit me and then I would be overly assertive, almost authoritarian with him. Like, you can't do that. Don't hit me. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to go to your room or very passive. And I was reading through all the literature and I couldn't find a parenting approach that really resonated with me. And someone told me about positive discipline by Jane Nelson, which the whole approach is being kind, but firm. Mm. And really going beneath the behavior into kind of the beliefs that the child is experiencing. Mm. And so as I started to work on that, and with this hitting example, you know, I didn't just look at the the hitting, I went, if you think of an iceberg, the hitting would be at the tip of the iceberg, but there's all that ice underneath. So I started to say like, well, what, why, why is he hitting me? You know, he just had a new baby sister. He's starting to develop a sense of autonomy developmentally. And he kind of has this mistaken belief that he needs to have power and control. Well, where can I give him healthy areas to assert his power and control? Mm. And so as I started to work on those things with him, the hitting stopped immediately. I mean, it just, he never tried to hit me again. And so it was really this aha where I was like, oh, okay, I need the mindfulness to stay grounded myself so I don't react to the hitting. Mm-hmm. But the mindfulness wasn't enough, right? I also needed the concrete parenting tools so that I could really have a plan. And I'm the type of person I like to have a plan. So that's, <laughs> that's the teacher in me. <laughs> so I'm like, I need the mindfulness to be grounded myself and in holding my own space, right? And not reactive. I need the positive discipline. And so 
just like you, you know, I kind of combined this mindfulness and parenting approach. And now that's what I teach. I teach mindfulness alongside with positive discipline. Wow. So are you still a teacher? No, I'm not teaching in the classroom right now. I have took some time off once my daughter was born. Um, And so right now I offer workshops at both businesses and for working parents, which has Mm. actually been really nice. Yeah. Um, I just presented for Expedia and Hotwire. And um, that was incredible to support working parents that have, you know, two jobs. Like you just said, you know, you just took your daughter to the doctor and now here you are. Yes. Uh, You know, it's like putting on both hats is really hard for us to find that balance. Um, And then I teach it, you know, I go into schools to teach to the parents, you know, I Mm -hmm. might do an after school kind of event for parents to teach them mindfulness and positive discipline. And then sometimes I go and actually teach kids mindfulness tools also, because I love working with children. Mm. How do they, who responds better to the mindfulness activities, (laughs) the parents or the children? You know, Children are naturally so mindful anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I learned so much from my own kids. Like they're very present and in the moment for the most part. I remember once when my son was four, we had just started, I had just started teaching mindfulness and he's like, oh mom, mindfulness is just doing what you're doing. And I I'm love like, that. Yeah, yes. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's just doing what you're doing. That comes so naturally for them. And I think with the mindfulness movement that we're really having here in America, I mean, it's kind of been here for a long time, but we're seeing it more and more, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. But I think sometimes what can get lost is parents want to put it onto their kids like, oh, you need to be more mindful mm-hmm. or I'm going to teach you to take the deep calming breaths. But what I have found is that the more mindful I am and the more grounded I am and the more I'm doing what I'm doing in my own space, um, my children really follow suit, you know, because they're naturally that way. Yeah. I like what you said, though, about the combination, though, that you yourself first have to be grounded And then there's these additional tools that must be applied in order for it to all work harmoniously. Yes, absolutely. And because it was, it's interesting for me and it can still happen now, you know, I, I, I haven't outgrown this, but it happens less frequently where I kind of know intellectually the right, quote unquote, right thing to do. You know, let's say my child isn't listening to me. And in my head, I know like, yelling at my child right now because they're not listening is not the solution. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not in a grounded space myself and I haven't kind of done my own meditation and my own cup isn't full and I haven't eaten, you know, healthy foods that day or just done all the things I need to do to be in a good space, like I'll still react and yell Mm. and feel horrible about it. So the knowledge for me is not enough. I actually have to have the mindfulness component that I'm working on every day so that I don't react. But I also have to have the tools. Yeah. (laughs) So what, walk me through your daily rituals and what you go through in order to feel aligned and grounded. 
Yeah, well, you know, they keep, they continue to grow and change. But what that looks like for me today is that I wake up early before my children get up. So I aim for about 5.30 in the morning, but sometimes it's 5.45 or 6. Um, And then I meditate anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. And after that, I really try on most days to write a gratitude list. And my gratitude list is specific. So, you know, for a long time, my gratitude list was like, I'm grateful for a house or I'm grateful that I have food to eat. And more and more recently, I try and write the exact things because if I'm going to do it every day, I want my list to be different. Mm -hmm. The exact things that I'm grateful for. And then I also try and include things on my list, great things that I can be grateful for that I don't necessarily feel that grateful for in the moment. So an example is that my daughter was really afraid to swim and I was taking her to swim class and she would cry at swim class. And I, I felt torn of like, how do I best support her? How do I help her through this difficult experience? And on my gratitude list, I would write like, I'm grateful that my daughter is having this experience because I know that in the long term, I'm going to teach her tools to walk through fear. And those are invaluable tools. And so that would help motivate me later in the day when she would be really nervous. Okay, you know, I remember this is something that we can be grateful for. I can model that for her. And then I would find ways to role play with her and support her. And I just have to say, like, it was incredible because just a couple of weeks ago, she was so happy to be swimming. She can swim underwater now you know she doesn't have to wear floaties and all the parents were just like oh my gosh look at grace my daughter's name is grace like she's doing so well and it was just this really beautiful moment of like yes these are the tools and this is what we've been working for um but I have to go back to gratitude because I can make anything feel like an overwhelming catastrophe yeah (laughs) if I'm not in that space so um it's the meditation in the morning and then the gratitude. And then, you know, I exercise in some way every day for 20 minutes. And it doesn't have to be really a ton, you know, sometimes that's stretching. And often it's a 20 minute run, or it might be a hike. But that's an important piece that I find really helps me um, not only have some me time, but also, you know, release endorphins and mm-hmm. it helps me really stay grateful and present. Wow. I love that. Just turning around the, the, the seemingly negative moments in our life into something to be grateful for, because then we're almost showing up in that moment as a more grateful and present mother already. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know for me, you know, I don't know about you, but I have had this type of mind for years that really just went to the negative. Like it's very easy for me to latch on to negative thoughts and thinking. And so I've had to work very hard to to really create new pathways that are more positive in my brain and to practice having positive thinking. There's that old uh, Native American parable that I love about the grandfather and the grandson. And there's two wolves, you know, the, the grandson is saying, there's these two wolves inside of me. And one wolf is 
fear and greed and anger. And this other wolf is serenity and love and gratitude. And they're battling. These two mm-hmm. wolves inside me are battling. And which one is going to win? And the grandfather says, well, whichever wolf you feed is going to win. And so I always remember that. I'm like, okay, which wolf am I feeding today? Yeah. And it's so hard once you start to feed the negative to get out of that negative cycle. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It really is. Yeah. I made, I tried to make my new year's resolution this year was to try not to say anything negative about anyone for an entire year. Mm, And how's that going? (laughs) It has been quite the challenge because even if it's not saying anything, if even if it's just a fact, you really have to think before you speak and then think Mm -hmm. about how you're going to say it. And then it's really been quite the internal battle. Not that I'm always bad mouthing everyone, but Mm -hmm. even you don't even realize some of the things that you say. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. It's something that I can that I am very aware of too. And that I work on is, you know, being immaculate with my word. Mm-hmm. I forget who I, what is that in the four agreements? I think in the book, yes. the four agreements, yes. Being immaculate with our word and, and spreading kindness, you know, it's like, we want our children to be kind. And so again, it keeps coming back to us. Like, what are we modeling in our day-to-day life that we are then instilling in our children? Yeah. So how as parents, how can we really start to be conscious of our actions and help our children adopt these mindfulness practices and really have our families be in, what is the word I'm looking for? In sync. In sync is the word I'm looking for. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think Again, I think it always starts with us as parents of setting that tone in our home. And so, like I mentioned earlier, for me, it was just setting the timer for three minutes, you know, and, and I went and took a class at the local gym that taught, um, I think it was like an, a couple week meditation class. And so that was my beginning. And that was over a decade ago where I just, you know, it was very slow. Like, okay, can I sit quietly for three minutes? Can I eat a small meal? Can I have a snack where I turn off my phone and I turn off any screens and I'm just present with experiencing that meal? You know, can I slow down long enough? Because as a parent, I have this crazy long to-do list Mm -hmm. to just be present, not only with myself, but actually with my child. Can I be doing what I'm doing, right? Just in that moment. And then once I have my own established routine, I mean, my children watch me meditate all the time because they just happen to come in the room Mm -hmm. and then they'll sit with me. You know, it's not uncommon for my four and a half year old to crawl into my lap and sit with me while I meditate. And so the more that it's around them and in our home, you know, I just walked into the other room and my husband's home from work today and he was meditating. So the more that it's just in our home, the more our children are familiar with it and they see it and they see me when I say, you know, I need to go in the other room and take a deep breath right now. And then they end up saying that, like, I'm getting upset. I'm going to go in the other room. Um, and so it becomes less about me having to teach them to do it, but more about them actually wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, 
on top of that, you know, there's so many great picture books out there that have a theme of mindfulness and meditation and kindness and just these really rich social emotional learning books. I actually have a lot of them on my website, a list of them um, that I have compiled over the years. So if you go to my website, which is Laura Lynn Knight, L-I-N-N for Lynn, um, I have a whole list and it talks about like books to help your child if they're going through fear and books to help your child learn more mindfulness tools and books for making new friends. So there's just so many great resources. And I do that a lot with my children. I read them a lot of books and that opens up bigger conversations for us um, where we can talk about kind of these things that they're working on. And, and then we do a lot of role playing too, where we say, okay, no, you're not mad right now. Or I know you're not upset right now, but I remember the other day when you were really angry, you know, and you, hit your sister let's come up with a new plan for next time and so let's pretend that you're really angry and I'll be your sister and let's act that out let's let's pretend that we're going through those feelings again and create new tools so you know I'm we're as a parent I always have these opportunities to model new tools and come up with new solutions and help my children in constructive ways um learn to incorporate those. With implementing something like acting it out with the next time that that situation occurs, does the change happen? So many times, yes. You know, not always. Like it's not foolproof, but for example, with my daughter and swimming, she was terrified. I mean, really, she did not want to go in the water. She said, my stomach hurts. I don't think I can do it. And so that was an opportunity where we came home and I said, you know, I saw you were really scared at swim class. What do you think could help you? You know, and we got out her stuffies and we role played with her stuffies. And then she role played having swim class in the bathtub. And I bought her goggles and she pretended she was in class. And then she pretended she was the swim teacher and I was the student. And, you know, we did so much of that. But now, like I said, she's happily swimming. She's a mermaid now. Now she's a mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It works so often. Role playing is definitely one of my most favorite parenting tools that I have. And especially for young children, I mean, it's highly effective. Like you can role play getting in the car seat, you know? If your child's having a hard time getting in the car seat, we've role played going to bed at night when my children were afraid to go to sleep at night. Um, what to do when you get mad? I mean, you name it, we've role played it. <laughs> do you find that your kids are much more willing to share their feelings up front when you're practicing all these tools at home? Yeah, they do. You know, my daughter naturally likes to tell express her feelings and that become that comes very naturally for her and my son he's six and a half and that's something that he's had a harder time with and so for him 
something that's really helped us is at night before bed, we ask him what his rose, his bud and his thorn is. And so Mm. something like a rose would be something that went really well during the day. And a bud is something that he's looking forward to maybe tomorrow or in the coming weeks. And a thorn is something that just isn't feeling so good or maybe was hard. And so having that routine in place nightly, I found has given him a really nice opportunity to reflect on his feelings or to share things that maybe he wouldn't necessarily have told us if we hadn't have asked. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, he's definitely able to say like, I'm feeling angry right now, or I didn't like it when my sister did this or, um, something else that we do that comes from positive discipline that is highly effective for our family is we have family meetings. Mm. And so at a family meeting, we start each meeting with appreciations for everyone that's at the meeting. And this works really well for kids around four years old and up. And so we share appreciations. And then we, if there's something that's been going on, that's been difficult, you know, our last family meeting, the topic was, taking office supplies um, that don't belong to us. So the kids were just kind of rummaging through the door drawers and then taking out our tape and like taping everything with it. And then we wouldn't have any office supplies left. <laughs> we're like, okay, this needs to stop. Um, so at the family meeting, we're able to all brainstorm a solution. You know, I noticed there's this problem, what's going on with this and what are some possible solutions? And we were able to come up with a solution. Um, actually, I'm going to go take my son today to get some of his own office supplies. <laughs> I love that um, that's a family meeting topic. It's just... Yeah, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, to go back to your question of like him expressing his feelings, he's at a point now where he's able to say, you know, this is something that's really bothering me and I want to put it on the family meeting board. And so he is generating his own topics that then we talk about. and so. Although, you know, last year he wasn't able to do that. I can see how these tools in the long term are so beneficial. Um, And he had a great, I mean, he was feeling really upset because he wanted to play video games and we are a family that doesn't play video games. And so he created this whole family meeting and he had all of his points of why he should be able to play video games. And he really was able to have a very mature conversation about the pros and cons of video games. And even though we still decided that we weren't going to have them in our house, um, he took that really well. And, and we told him in a couple years, you know, we'd revisited and we thanked him for calling the meeting and we were able to hear him. And it was such an amazing example for me of the power of, um, of just holding space for everyone to have a voice. Wow. That's going to give him some amazing tools when he grows up. Yes. Can you imagine? I didn't have those tools like in college to tell my dorm roommate, you know, how I was feeling or what was going on. And even just to handle (laughs) rejection and to grow from it and to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people do not have those tools. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. Um, A lot of us, you know, it wasn't at any fault of our parents either. You know, a lot of this, just people don't know that these tools exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or they think, I think sometimes parents feel like it's going to take too much time. 
Yes. Um, but actually it's pretty, you know, our family meetings are about 15 minutes and we just, I have a little whiteboard that I keep in the kitchen and we just put agenda topics down on it. You know, it's actually not too bad. I love love it so much. (laughs) Does anyone take notes? (laughs) Yes, we have in the past. We've had, we have taken notes and that is part of the positive discipline way. We don't, we usually don't take notes just because we're, a little more informal, but yes, I heard when they get older, we'll definitely take notes because they'll, <laughs> they will be the note takers, you know, and that's the fun thing. Everyone can have a job at the family. <laughs> I love that so much. Just as I'm going to use that in a, in a few years. <laughs> yes. In a few years. Yeah. That's a great tool. My family used to have family meetings, but they were not like that. <laughs> <laughs> And I love them too. I love how you start with the appreciations. I mean, that's just, you know, and that's something that we do often. I, what was it? My mom came over for dinner and my daughter just said, let's do appreciations. And then she just started appreciating everyone at the table. And it's just so sweet that, you know, they kind of, their minds automatically go to appreciations and gratitude. You know, I mean, they're going to have an easier time combating that negative thinking as they grow up I just wonder where does it get lost along the way Mm. yeah that's (laughs) I don't don't know know where it got lost but just thinking out loud I I mean it's so much of our conditioning you know I mean it's the environment that we're raised in and the the way things are modeled to us. It's like our schema of life. And Mm -hmm. if we, if we weren't raised in that kind of environment or we, or we didn't have those tools in an early age, I mean, it's like learning a new skill Mm -hmm. for the first time as adults. And, and then you bring into play all of our shame and, you know, our past traumas and our histories and, and then we're trying to raise kids and yep. work and, and projecting our egos on them. Yes. It's, I mean, it's, there's a lot going on there. And I yeah. think that's why as parents, it's just so important to be aware, you know, for us to just have awareness of like, what's, what's, what needs to be addressed? What's actually going on with my child? What's my own stuff like that I get to look at. Um, and that's where that pause that we get from mindfulness is mm-hmm. so invaluable. It's just, you know, the pause to, to hold space. What do you think in your experience of working with families is the biggest cause for this misalignment? Is it this fact that we think that it's going to be this huge endeavor to implement these tools or are we just implementing them incorrectly? I, what I hear from families is I often hear parents that say, you know, this is the way that I was raised. Mm. And like, I turned out fine, you know, and they don't really want to go deeper than that. Um, which was very much my husband's approach, you know, in the beginning where he was like, I, um, sorry, something just came on my computer. (laughs) He's like, I, uh, you know, I, I did this and I turned out fine. (laughs) But then over time we realized really, okay, that's, that's not going to work because we live in a different time mm-hmm. and our children are different and they're having different experiences and the culture is different. And mm-hmm. so, you know, now he's very much on board with the positive discipline. Um, but I think for families, uh, it also, there's just the time factor. People feel like I don't 
when am I going to sit down and read all these parenting books? You know, and then which parenting book to even listen to? There's so many different parenting approaches and philosophies out there. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out which one actually resonates for you and your family is important too. You know, there's some parenting approaches out there that just wouldn't work for us or for our temperament or personalities or what we believe in. Um, So I think that it's just a, it's a balance, you know, of figuring out and, and, and having the desire to actually, and the motivation to do it, you know, some parents are, for me, it took the pain of my child trying to hit me and feeling totally overwhelmed that I turned to the parent, this kind of parenting solution. Yeah. So with the parents and the families that you've worked with and they've started implementing these mindfulness tools, what has the reception been and how have, have these families changed? You know, I just talked to a parent who came to one of my parenting workshops and she was really over the moon because she said that everything had kind of shifted in her home just by making a few small changes. She said that her morning routine was going much better getting the kids out the door. And she had been struggling with her son. And I think one, her older son, she had two children, but her older son was about six and a half. And she felt like there was a lack of motivation on his part and that he wasn't really being as helpful in the home as she wanted him to. And something that came out of the workshop that she, that I, um, that I had hosted that she came to was that she could really find these creative ways to involve him more. Mm -hmm. And she's been implementing those. And what she said is that, you know, he's been much happier and more involved and it's been easier at bedtime and morning time and just kind of the day to day problems that they were having aren't as apparent anymore. And I hear, I really do hear that from parents. I think that a lot of the daily difficulties that we experience are are easily diminished when we start to use positive discipline or, you know, with mindfulness when we use Mm -hmm. both of those parenting tools. Wow. Well, Laura, it has been such a pleasure learning everything about positive discipline. I can't wait to implement it myself. I like to end this podcast with just words of encouragement. So maybe there's some mothers out there who are having an especially difficult day working with their children. So what are your words of wisdom to end on? Yeah, you know, I just want to say to those mamas, like we have all been there and we know what it's like to be in that struggle in the day when we just feel like it's never going to end And has it always been this way? And is it always going to be this bad? (laughs) And just like that feeling of complete overwhelm. Um, And it's just my experience that it gets better, you know, and that there are actual tools that can bring more calm into your family life. When many of us had children, I think we had this intention that we were going to have these families and it was going to bring so much happiness into our marriages and into our lives. And, you know, my experience was then all of a sudden, like, yes, I have the husband and I have the children and I'm feeling miserable inside. Mm. And like, what happened? This was like what I had always dreamed for. 
And now here I am living in this beautiful dream. And, and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm stuck in negative thinking or fear and anxiety and, and really sad by my dynamic with my children. And so although that was painful to be in that place, it was again, one of those opportunities where I got to really be like, okay, you know, I can go down this path, I can feed this wolf, or I can learn new tools and skills. And so that's what I did. You know, I actively, I got the positive discipline book by Jane Nelson. I can't read anything because it takes way too long and I fall asleep, but I listen to it on tape. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna listen to this on tape. And um, I went to my own parenting, you know, I went to a parenting workshop and then eventually became certified and started teaching them. And I started reading more mindfulness books and I started listening to podcasts like you do and really just reaching out for help and support. And I'll, I can say today, like I've never been happier in my marriage and with my children and with my family. I mean, it's just incredible the growth that we've gone through and the place that we are today. And I'm very grateful that I've had these experiences so that I can share them with other women and, and pass on all the hope that there is. Thank you for listening to Enlightenedhood, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and sees the beauty in every woman's why. If you would like to be part of our community, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood and subscribe to this podcast where we put out new episodes every Monday and Wednesday.